television shows tend to go. I've found yeah. in my experience. Always season one has like the budget issues and yeah. chemistry doesn't exist yet. There's no reason to care well, I about I also feel characters. like it could go the other way around. It could also be that season one's the only good season mm. and then every other season sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, well, Stranger actually, Things. So yeah, yeah, like Stranger Things. Yes. So in other words, the, there's always a d- disparity between yes. one season two of every show. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's actually a, a good question i'm curious about this sorry i'm just still getting levels and stuff but uh stranger things just from your perspective shannon what didn't you care for in terms of everything besides season one personally i know that's probably a lot to ask (laughs) (laughs) um i think i think no one was expecting stranger things like it just happened and it was just so phenomenal um and so different from I guess a lot of things that were out at the time. Um, I think season two was still good, but it, it you played, could tell, yeah, it yeah, played on a lot of different themes, right? Yeah, I think season two was still pretty good. Um, and then season three, we've seen what one episode, yeah, and they're just like grasping for something. Yeah. And I think I read that Stranger Things was they really only thought about one season. They were sure. like, this is just going to, this is what it is. But it was just so huge that they thought they would try another season. That one was pretty successful. So they thought they'd keep going. But three is like, they've, they've run out of material. It's the down, the, the downhill slope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jump of the shark. Okay. So on the slope of the shark. Down. I can't tell if your microphone's actually recording or not. Can you just like hit it? Oh, yeah, it's recording. We're good. Sorry, they have so many WAV files on the screen right now that like they're recording so tiny. But my <laughs> voice is loud, so it's just coming out super hot. I think but I'm I think, just quiet. No, we're good. As long as the audio is recording, we're good because I could turn it up. Okay. So we're solid. Everything's good to go there. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much to comment on the Stranger Things thing. I like it, but I also am totally fine thinking about it. You know, it's a show for teenagers i guess so i don't know i'm kind mm-hmm. of an, an old adult it's not really made for me or i guess it's made for some people that are old adult nerdy types <laughs> i don't know who knows yeah it's like we're too young that, for like, the to yeah. get all the 80s references and we're yeah. too old but to get it, all it's the like, teenage references it like pulls those references but now it's marketed to like you know hot topic crowd which yeah. i think is a younger demographic yeah. maybe interesting i don't know I, I i was gonna ask you like what what, what part of those themes spoke to you as like oh yeah like this is i think just the overall vibe i think the stories are fine but i think just the overall vibe but yeah i don't know like i i I actually watch like a lot of steven universe right okay i'm not sure if um if you're familiar with like how that story works or not but like it's um it is you know on cartoon network for children (laughs) but like it has a lot of themes that like people in in any part of their lives can like really relate to and there's something about stranger things that also um it doesn't it doesn't make it feel like the the kids are being treated like children like most shows do which is similar to like the steven universe thing but yeah no i i I really felt like i i gleaned a lot from like the the kids not being perceived as just children they were they were doing things that you know sure it took bravery and like it's teaching like a lot of values that we should intrinsically have like with each other you know like being like what it means to be a friend 
you know, yeah. and like really sticking to that and like listening to your friends and, and, you know, screaming for your friends, <laughs> screaming for, for your friends. an entire yeah. season. Yeah. <laughs> I like, yeah, I really, I, I enjoyed all three seasons of stranger things. I didn't have any beef with it. it I just thought it was funny. There was a lot of people that it, like were pretty loud about how it had changed. And my whole perspective was just, I just don't know what you would expect yeah. from the show. Yeah. It kind of is what it is. Yeah. Enjoy it or not. Some it's people, not that deep. Yeah, yeah, it's no. very, a lot of very, very surface. Value. A lot of people really put a lot of emotional investment into pop culture things, yeah. which is really interesting. And I feel that now this is we're entering the first era of this. I see becoming a problem because you have all of like uh, the Star Wars people, and I have no beef with Star Wars, but there's a lot of people now that are starting to yell a lot about that, and I can't think of anything prior to Star Wars, besides maybe some comic books where there was a lot of people starting to yell about pop culture things and being like really emotionally invested in it. And, I don't know. That's a whole nother conversation. And Disney owns both of them now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. Uh, yeah. Anyways. I think, I don't know. We live in the realm of pop culture, right? Like you ostensibly local music is something that's invested in having a pop audience. Totally. Um, I don't know. I, I love pop culture a lot. And I actually, one of the great things that annoys me about uh, uh, DIY music and music communities is the way people look down on pop culture, particularly if you're a fan of pop music. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. I have had people like just say shitty things about like Carly Rae Jepsen or like, well, yeah. Oh, but Carly Rae Jepsen but is like, not good. Hot. No. Okay. It's tight. tight. No, but, I, think, yeah. we're all, I think we're all pro Carly Rae Jepsen in this band. Oh, I, yeah. No, I like Carly Rae Jepsen too. I think that yeah. this is a conversation that we can get really into really deep. I haven't done my intro yet. That's fine. I like where we're <laughs> I going. Saying, like, it's okay. Like, we'll get yeah, there. Wait. Oh, we're gone. Are we're you? gone. <laughs> Audio's oh, hello. good. Hi. Video's good. We're good. We'll get there. We'll introduce everybody in a moment. But your comment on DIY. We'll get to that after my intro. Hello and welcome to Start to Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people who listened to the conversation, I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. I request the largest cheers that has ever happened on Start the Beat hey, right now. Cheers. cheers. Oh, yeah. Cheers, everybody. We did it. I think we got it. Yeah, we're good. I'm sitting here today with five-fifths of the band. <laughs> Scratchy Blanket. Say what's up to the internet, my friends. What's up, internet? <laughs> what's up? Oh, no. No, 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 no. It's not. I mean, yeah, keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you play that sound clip again? Yeah, 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 there you yeah. go. Yeah. 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 Now that's the correct amount of uh, plays you deserve. So. <laughs> I like prime numbers. Two is a prime so. number. <laughs> so I'm sitting here today with my friends in Scratchy Blanket. I'll have everybody introduce themselves in a moment and we'll talk about the band and what they do and all those things. But before I forget this point, DIY, people looking down on pop culture. I think there's two different demographics of people that are in the DIY scene. I mean, there's probably more than that, but there are two different people when it comes to this. You have people that are in the DIY scene because they have nowhere else to be and they like whatever. This is just where they find home and community. And then there's people that are into it 
solely based on, I think, aesthetic and fashion to some degree. And uh, a lot of times, sometimes people can be a little bit of both, totally. But I think sometimes when you're dealing with somebody that is, you know, looking down on you just because of something you like, chances are they don't like something about themselves. And who knows where they're trying to find it. They're trying to find it with punks in a basement. I don't think they're going to find it there. I don't know. Maybe they will. It's a deep conversation. We could probably talk about that for an hour alone. Mm. But let's talk about the band. Scratchy Blanket in the house. Let's everybody introduce themselves, starting with Shannon. Okay. Do I look at you or do I look at that? <laughs> the internet. Just look at me. Look at the internet. Just look at you. Okay. Just look at me. Ignore the internet. Yeah, the internet. Everybody's just kind of <laughs> here. But yeah, you mean... <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, keep going, here. internet. Okay. Um, what do I do with my hand? <laughs> <laughs> you have to hold them up. All right, um, everything's going okay. great. I am Shannon, and I sing because Hi, I can't play an instrument. And I tried to learn like ten different instruments in my youth, and I'm lazy and I don't like learning or practicing, so I sing. But <laughs> I'm like okay. good but at it. Shannon's also wonderful, <laughs> so uh, ignore all that <laughs> negative say, and, stuff. And Shannon, you connect, and Shannon can really sing. You connect yeah. with the world it. through your voice. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Don't sell yourself short. It's great stuff. I think it takes more courage to sing than it does to play guitar. It really does. And I, before being in this band, uh, I had only singing experience like in choirs, like in high school and in college. So I'm used to having lots of other people singing and mm. like a director and whatever. So it took me a long time to be confident in this role. We need a DIY band with a conductor. Just decide right? that'd be so <laughs> sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lawn, lawn Care did that at uh, oh, really? Love World oh, recently. Really? Like last week, Love last World. Monday, uh, Lawn Care now, uh, Cameron from Lawn Care, is. <laughs> I saw a... Instagram story of him conducting huh. four nice. other people with horns, which nice. is pretty cool. So, well, if you want to camp. conduct, why, us, uh, I'm sure we'd, why we'd probably like, be bad at it. Honestly. Wind instruments, the only ones that ever get a conductor, or like, why don't guitars ever get? Yeah, like they could and they could, yeah. they all do. Like, if yeah, you said that, and I was like, oh, I was hoping it would just be like a band that was having <laughs> a conductor. They, <laughs> like, no, the horns. Like, oh, of course it was horns. Remember when Metallica did that symphony thing? Really? Yeah. They had a conductor? Yeah, yeah, they did. They did an album with a symphony. Hmm. It's pretty over the top. It's pretty, yeah. pretty sick. Was that the one that everyone was mad about? No. 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 I think everybody should. Everyone was so happy. There's like, <laughs> like finally. <laughs> I think there's like three other Metallica albums that people are mad about. Yeah. Not, say, not that one. List. Okay. I think we're going to find that we get sidetracked really easily. That's okay. No. Wait, where it's are not we? a problem. We, I think we were... Oh, yeah, yeah. Introducing the band. Introductions. (laughs) We got to to know a little bit about you. Yes. Let's keep it going. I'm Chloe. Hey, Chloe. I play guitar. Play guitar? Not courageous enough to sing. (laughs) (laughs) We're a very negative band. (laughs) All right. Well, yin and yang. Yeah, there you go. Two parts that make a whole. It's perfect. She's really good at guitar. (laughs) We're two for two on, like, introducing ourselves and immediately putting ourselves down. Yeah, yeah. That's what this band is all about. What's your name and something that you don't like about yourself? (laughs) Um, Yeah, my name is uh, Marcus Morales, and I I kick ass at playing bass, and I wish (laughs) I was going to say. And what I hate about myself is that, like, I'm not as good at kicking ass on bass. No. It'd be even um, better. No, but yeah, just uh, I, I do that. You're great at bass. 
That's literally exactly what I was going to say. But uh, now I got to think of something different. I was going to do this thing, which I totally stole from Tim and Eric, but I want to tell everyone, like while we're playing a show, the audience would be like, I know you're about to clap at the end of the song, but like, could you just do one? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, get like 30 people. That's a big stone cold look on the face. Next time. It kills me every time I see it. Well, everybody's having fun. Yeah. You know who I am. Yeah. Harrison, who are you? I'm, I'm Harrison. <laughs> I'm Harrison. Uh, I play guitar. Um, I am also not courageous. <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> That's no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, I play guitar. Cool. Yeah. Okay, I'm Zach. Uh, I'm very courageous. I'm very good at drums. Well, you got a very courageous very rhythm funny. section. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll all together. Oh, we, Courage, respect. And all the uh, people <laughs> writing melodies are just cowards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez, Louise. So that's fun. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. What kind of music would you say you do? I oh, would say no. you're an indie rock band. Oh, wait, I, but I don't on. know like how we deep you want to go into the subgenre thing. It's, it's a weird thing. It's actually like, the hardest question yeah. to answer yeah. is like what we sound like, and it's um. Let's all say what we would tell other people at the same time. Yeah. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, at work, I tried to keep it a secret that I'm in a band because I work at a school, and I don't know. Everyone's awesome. Hi, if you're watching. <laughs> the secret's out. Um, but then they found out I'm in a band and everyone's like, oh, what's your band sound like? And I just didn't know what to say because they don't know. They don't They don't know what this community is like, truly like. Um, mm. And so now I just say, imagine being really sad and really gay. That's what Scratchy Blanket sounds like. Yeah. And they're all like, Oh, Keating, you're so funny. And they just scratch their heads and walk away. And then I don't have to talk about it. They just scratch it. their blankets and walk yeah. away. <laughs> oh, <boy>. um, <laughs> oh, you're going to wear that Can we please use that every single time here today? Can I take that home with me, actually? <laughs> no, I hate this already because I know Zach loves it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I know Zach's going to further encourage this. Whatever. Next hey. time that Zach opens his mouth at practice, it's just going to be... <laughs> <laughs> I think that I can imagine it being a difficult thing to pin down because I know depending on the shows that you're playing, there's different versions. Sometimes the two of you play together, more acoustic, and there's different iterations of what the songs could sound like and be. And we and we have a couple different songs with that are in different genres. So we have like a 1950s doo-wop song, and we also have like a song that maybe might sound like the front bottoms a little bit. Okay. Um, so that's kind of hard to pin down to you, but I just call it indie rock. Yeah. If I'm joking, I call it like polite rock. That, polite I, rock. Yeah. But that doesn't, you know, that makes people Or laugh. maybe even just indie pop rock. Yeah, yeah. But like rock is a really hard word. When I think pop <laughs> rock. Yes. You know, yeah. what do you, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of pop rock? Metallica. Pop rock. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of the candy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What single pop rock? <laughs> Can I have one pop rock? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you got oh, it. You no. got it. Oh, no. That's the first spill. Oh. Um, um, should we grab some? I'll tell the you what. Is over. I, I normally do this a little bit later, but since I have to get up, uh, just tell me more about pop rock, I guess. Okay. 
Um, I, it fizzles in your mouth. <laughs> Zach told us that he tells people we're cute rock. Yeah, I say I cute that. rock. Yeah. I like that a lot. I say cute rock. I got this from Harrison, but uh, I like to say Fleetwood Mac, but gay. It's like, oh or gayer, God. at least. <laughs> you said that, yeah. It's and, good. And I, yeah. Because I work with a bunch of like middle age and up people and uh, they don't know anything. Yeah, that, so. that no offense good, to them. A good way to describe. They know who Fleetwood Mac is. Totally, so. totally, totally. I think we're in a really interesting time right now because um, music is becoming so fluid with genres and it's becoming so acceptable to be outside of the box and to do whatever you want to do. And as a result, you're getting all of these crazy genres and people are this and that. But at the end of the day, it's still just rock. Yeah. But the, the term rock has been so... Uh, it's a huge umbrella. Yeah, it's been... It's, yeah. it's an umbrella. And what I've found in my experience talking with um, bands on the show that are younger bands, not necessarily in age, but just bands that haven't been playing for a long time, they tend to like not want the rock category pinned onto them because you know they think Nickelback or Disturbed or something like that. And I totally get it. Because like, you know like, like the X, like Pittsburgh's rock station. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean it's it's a commodified term for but, for a blanket of, of music. And for I a think a lot of blanket people, of music. I, I, I yeah, I think a lot of people like to remove themselves from I mean like that's that's kind of the the focal point of DIY, right? Like this is this is a very it's a specific and an and individualized and tearing from the cloth kind of community. Uh, or, you know, and, and not necessarily like a self imposed thing. I mean, that, that, that's just on, on the spectrum of, of people that exist. You know, there's like a lot of people that just like go with the flow. Um, but, but that would just be my little small input, right? Like you just have, all right, and it's got quiet. No, <laughs> no. We're just, no, I mean, like that's, the, I guess, the idea of a podcast, right? Like you we're have time being to talk. attentive. We were being yeah. attentive. Yeah. But, but yeah, that, that's just kind of like my, my little two cents in there, right? Like, um, <laughs> I, I, I do think people try to move away from that. I, I, I think people want to find themselves and, and not just attempting to, to replicate over and over. Totally. I think it's really important to have your own voice if you feel like you have a voice to share with the world through art and music. And I think everyone just wants to represent themselves accurately. So I, I, the mm. thing that I think about is I actually every band that I've ever been in, I've always had trouble describing what genre it is. And maybe it's because what if, what you mentioned earlier is that genres are sort of like, there's sort of guidelines and you could be unique within a genre, you know? Yeah. But mm -hmm. it's also like hard to sort of describe your image of yourself. So how would you describe our music from the outside? I mean, I just say, it's to me, it's indie <laughs> rock. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And but we, but I, there's, there's I, always nuances within that. Right, because when I say indie rock, I don't want people to be like, oh, so you sound like... Arcade Fire. Arcade Fire, that's <laughs> yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, or I was thinking like even worse, like, like what Nickelback. is it, Foster the People? That's Oh, uh, sure. Band, right? Yeah. Like, I'm like, what, Metallica. But we're indie Mumford rock, but we yeah. Yeah. don't Mumford use that much yeah. reverb, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> but we... Well, <laughs> if it were I think me. that overall, regardless of the genre, it's just important that you're doing what you want to do, and as a band together a collective unit you're all doing a something that unit. you're you're passionate yeah. about <laughs> and it's it comes out so if you have a doo-wop song cool if you have a song that sounds like i don't know smashing pumpkins or something cool whatever there's really no rules yeah 
and that's that's actually something really interesting is that like I think that like and I'm not sure if I'm you know assuming a lot but right like I think whenever we're thinking about music in general I don't know how often like lyricism and vocals come into play into the consideration of like how to pin something down um <laughs> in terms of what in in terms of like okay so um our genre is female yeah. fronted that's oh, that's yeah. okay. oh my god <laughs> yeah. but you know. well you might have some some uh, extreme uh, metal bands that maybe are you know not about the big G that talk about the 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 unholy Lord a lot and maybe they so could be S. you know satanic black metal versus uh, some other form of metal mm. but they're automatically satanic based solely on their lyrical content. That's true. Because I guess there's nothing. There's a lot of metal bands that have like very like hilarious like subgenres by like the words they say, like Viking metal. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's hilarious. Like pirate metal. But they're yeah. very, I think you, that's, you hear, I, I love. If you that, hear those, that that if exists. you hear those bands, it's a very accurate description. Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw one. I I don't remember the name. It was like the Forrest Gump Marathon Extract, like what? something like that. Wow. I need to look it up. <laughs> it like the funniest. Thing I've ever if there's seen. a band called the Forrest Gump Marathon Extravaganza, like we're I'm gonna, gonna listen gonna to it. it <laughs> I'm gonna look it up and we're gonna listen we're gonna, to it. Yeah. And then they also have like the metal name where it just looks like someone like like scratched it yep. and like that's supposed to, the tree supposed to be a name there. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, aggressive stuff. Uh, I think this band has an interesting problem in that we are not particularly hypersocial people. Uh, I would say that I'm maybe a little bit of an exception, but Shannon and Chloe are the basis of the band. They write all the songs. They bring the songs to us. The founders. Um, and uh, <laughs> Shannon is already hiding. <laughs> Turtling up. Hiding in this um, I, I think it is weird for me to imagine, we just recorded an album, and so I've been thinking about press a lot and how we present ourselves to the press and to the public. Uh, and I... It is a question, I think this is a question with a lot of marginalized artists, which is just how much do you market your mar marginalization? Mm, sure. Yeah. Right? Like how much do we want to, like it is It is very easy and I think it is accurate to call us Fleetwood Mac, but gayer. Um, and I think that gets closer to the, the center of the dartboard than indie rock for sure or any number of ways we can talk about the music. Um, and I do think of their music as like being gay. I think you write about particularly gay feelings. <laughs> um, a lot of our songs are about me turning not gay because my ex-boyfriend was a s ass. <laughs> <laughs> so how I found out I was super gay, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that was like our songs part. aren't political yet. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't. Yeah. I, I do think like uh, the songs have feelings of like longing and regret that have added resonance because of your life, mm -hmm. right? Like you write songs about your life and your life is gay. So <laughs> <laughs> the, songs, the songs are going to be gay. I think that it's important for the artist to just describe their music however they want to mm -hmm. and not be too concerned with things like, you know, marketing the your marginalization yeah. because what's going to happen either somebody is going to relate with that and be like cool i relate with this i could connect with this on a deeper level or they're going to be like oh that's cool like whatever is it cool is it good i'm going to listen to it 
it does it's not going to matter or it's going to matter to them in a negative way and you kind of don't want those yeah. people listening no, to your music yeah. anyways yeah. so yeah. it's just kind of like yeah. okay weeding out it's process. absolutely Bye. it's absolutely a lose lose yeah. uh it's it's the sort of thing where any i feel like it's probably true of marginalized any marginalized identity but i'm like pretty white pretty dudely so i don't have experience in other corners of the world yeah. um but i think it's like I have had a very good friend of ours, uh, uh, somebody accused them of doing exactly that, like using, you use your gayness as a marketing tactic. I, I mean, right? I, and I, then I, yeah. if you don't use it, you get shit from people who are like, you're not visible enough. Like sure. uh, Hannah Gadsby on the net saying that somebody came up to her and was just like, your stand-up comedy isn't gay enough. <laughs> You're not representing us the right way, you know? Mm-hmm. No, so. it's like uh, when somebody's like that, it's like, is my job to represent the community or to represent you personally? Right. And as it, if all gayness is a monolithic thing that we all experience exactly the same way. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's not the case. Totally not. And it's it's hard to comment on. I think all you, when it comes down to it, just being nice to people and having open communication with people. And if you have an issue with somebody, oh my gosh, what an unprofessional. (laughs) If you're having issues with people or you have an issue with somebody that's doing something, instead of being so on the attack with somebody that's supposed to be your, I don't know, your, your friend, your partner in life, you know, like you're on the same team, right? Like, just like, you know, why don't you talk about those things more instead of like, you should do this. Maybe right. just opening up the dialogue and finding out what it is. But communication can be really hard for people. And sometimes it's easier for people, I think, to just be more, ah, instead of like opening up the vulnerability and being more empathetic. I don't know. And again, that's another hour-long discussion about empathy and relating with I people. I just want to say I found it. It is the Forrest Gump Mile High Marathon. That's the name of the band. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to definitely, <laughs> we're definitely looking this up. Uh, this first song I see is Stupid Is As Stupid Does. Uh, oh yeah, we're looking yeah. this up. This is gonna happen. Yeah, but so, sorry. Before I, bef- the Forrest Gump Mile High Marathon. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it popped up. Yeah. So I got that one. I had Gump an idea horror. for something, and I think you're gonna be particularly fond of this. Okay. So you're talking about marketing. You're getting ready. You got this album that you recorded. I mean, who knows when it's coming out, right? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. But eventually, you're gonna need progress. an EPK. You're gonna have to send an EPK out to some magazines, what is blogs, that? an electronic press kit. Okay, okay. You're going to email it out to some people. You don't have to worry about it. Zach. Okay, yeah. <laughs> You're going to be sending this out to people, and uh, they're going to open it. And I think the electronic press kit should be nothing but... <laughs> 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 and then the album pops up. That oh. is, like, very on brand for us. <laughs> that is, like... No, that's, like, too on the nose. So the thing that I find really fascinating about you all together sitting here in this room and something that I've found is a pretty common trend with bands that write, you know, music that to my understanding is more personal, thought out, sad, if we will. Whenever there you get off stage, a lot of times you're just goofballs. But like not in a bad way, but like yeah. Yeah, everybody's having fun here. Obviously, we're in Wait, like a in what way could a goofball could be bad? Like, I don't yeah, even understand. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> there's there's this yin and yang of life that I find with a lot of artists where you'll have, you know, people that make music that's sadder and 
off stage, a lot of times they're the nicest people to be around. They're really kind, understanding people. Then on the flip, you'll know some people that make some really nice positive music and they're kind of scary to be around. <laughs> um, so that's an interesting dynamic for me. And I, I'm wondering just from a creative perspective where that comes from. Is it just because like you find music like a, like a healthier, safer outlet to let those feelings out versus like your personal life, maybe? I think for me, I've always said like, for some reason, uh, I guess when it comes to writing music, I'm only really inspired by like dark feelings. I don't know why. So it's funny. We, uh, for the last year or so, I've been like in a really good place. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm medicated, graduated from therapy, like doing good. So we were writing a couple of new songs and I was like, I have nothing to say. <laughs> that happened to yeah. me too. Right that, yeah. that, that's really happened to me because I was in a place that was kind of whack and now things are great. You know, good job, yeah. life, people all around me and, and no stuff like that. that. It's like, yeah. It's like, what am I supposed to write my angry raps about now? Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, so. but, but there's also, right, like there, there's a therapeutic aspect to music. I yeah, mean, absolutely. And, and, right? Like the idea of, you know, whether you're journaling or you're, you're writing poetry or you're, you're writing music. And the, the, the idea, right, is that, like, we're getting it out in a place that we have to confront that. And, um, you know, I I, I want to ask you, like, if it's okay if I not necessarily talk about, like, the the intricacies of, like, Stony Lonesome. Mm -hmm. But but we, you know, there's a song that, that that's going to be on the album um, that we have all agreed is... is uh, something that after it's on the album like that's that's where it stays and it will have its home there but it is not necessarily something that we want to pursue as uh like performing value like it 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 has um it is i you know i don't i i don't want to speak on on the the content on it it's it's a but it's a you know it's a beautiful song and that's that's where we get to to lay it to bed i think yeah one of the funny things about using music as an outlet to get your fucking feelings out is at least for me some of our songs are traumatizing mm. and I'll be singing it and I'm like god fucking why do all my friends kill themselves you know like why yeah. is my life like this um so yeah Stony Lonesome in particular is just like really painful um but I guess was probably immensely helpful to write at the time I remember when we wrote that um but yeah some <laughs> I think it's just kind of funny like you can write your feelings out and then, um, yeah, performing it, it's like, it just doesn't feel good, but it's I, a great song. <laughs> I, I, I think that a lot of people and like, at least the people that I've shown, like, you know, short, short clips or cuts of, of some of the work that we've been, you know, going on now for, for a while. I'm, I'm, there is a, there is a connection that, that Shannon has with an audience, um, with lyrical and, and, vocal melodies um that that really hit home for a lot of people um it's it's a very it's a very intense and it makes you reflect almost immediately on on you know similar life experiences and i i, I think you talk about uh of you know a lot of content that is difficult for people to have a conversation about um but but is an absolutely important one to have Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's not just a niche experience. I mean, like we've, um, I, I, I think all 
we we all know someone who's been traumatized. I think it's a fair thing to you know to say. And and like this this music for for me at least, you know, I'm I'm like the newest member of this group, and I I have found it really helpful and therapeutic. Um, you know, and so yeah, that's, it, that's just kind of where I'm at. I I don't think uh, I I think of this band. Yeah, therapy rock would be a little bit appropriate. <laughs> um, I I don't think it's just doom and gloom. I think yeah. Shannon has written uh, a we have a variety of moods and types of songs and yes. sounds on the yeah. album. Yeah, uh, the album starts out with two very upbeat songs that are a little bit more about like supporting your friends and growing and changing and the feelings of being in love. And, um, and then we get into a lot more complicated feelings of like guilt when a friend passes away or like feelings of reflecting on your youth and feeling old and uh, regret and that sort of thing. Um, but I, yeah, I, I do. It's funny that you say you find it harder to write when you're not thinking about the big sad, yeah. you know, um, because I do think we, you've done a really great job of capturing a variety of moods. And, you know, famously, we write songs about cats sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah that, that's something we missed, that we're a cat band. Yeah. Cat rock. Pittsburgh's premier cat rock. Band. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Number one, yeah. baby. Yeah, I, I always find that if I am struggling with trying to write something and I feel like I don't have a story to tell, I try to think about other people's whose stories I could tell. Mm. And think about that perspective as well, because there's always the opportunity to, it sounds it's a cliche, but to be the voice for the voiceless. Mm-hmm. But in some way, you know, there could always be. There's still to, self-reflection in that too. It's definitely in trying to put yourself into the shoes of somebody that lives a life that you don't and try to understand it and create something beautiful and like introspective from that is a really interesting exercise to do. And I like to do it a lot when I'm writing. So, well, lyri- I mean, lyrically, I feel like we covered sort of how that comes about with this band. But something I just thought of that I've never asked you is because so when we're writing songs, a lot of times Chloe will like write a riff and then we'll all just sit with it. And that's how our songs are born. So my perception is that you just like playing your guitar and you'd play it all day, every day, if you could, and just like listening to stuff. So, it's, I mean, how does that come about for you? Like, how do I make a song? Well, we've all been saying, you know, and, and I'm like sad, and so I write about it. But like, how would you? Yeah, I don't know. I um, I actually get inspired by different sounds, like turning knobs on my amp and stuff, and then I'll, I'll play sure, a little finding. Like, Finding a sick tone and then writing something that fits the tone. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. well, because to me, horrible, but I have to say it. A tone is a mood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's going on your gravestone now. <laughs> like now that you said it. Yeah. What I mean by that is like when you're playing a guitar and I turn the bass knob up a certain way, it sounds to me it sounds woolly and warm and soft, and so I'll play something sort of sounds woolly and soft and warm. And then if I like whatever I came up with enough, then I will say, I'm going to write this song. And then it becomes a whole process of visualizing what that riff is telling me in terms of what genre it is. So, okay, is, I'm playing this riff, I'm playing this song, or this riff, and I say, okay, this is, sounds like a catchy-ass pop song. 
So I know I'm going to want two verses. I know I'm going to want a bridge, maybe even three verses. I mean, not verses, choruses. Yeah. I want like three choruses and I want a bridge somewhere. You might hit them with that double chorus. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> shit like chorus. that. Oh, yeah, no, our, our famous <clears throat> single so, double. So it's like, you, yeah, yeah, single yeah. double, yeah. The first two songs on the record are we single double doubles. the chorus at the end. Yeah. In a I love a good way. double chorus. Yeah. yeah. Halftime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will tell everyone, just do your, first time you do your chorus, half as long. Yeah, as long. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if it's relevant, but, but yeah, that's what, that's, that's where it comes from. It's just like a guitar tone makes me think of a riff. I play the riff, what genre is this in? And then I'll do an outline. I'll add maybe some flourishes. So I'll be like, okay, we're in the middle of a verse. Let's slap something in there real quick that has no relevance. We're not going to a different turn. Like we do this in the first song of the, uh, of the album is we're playing a verse. And then right in the middle, we, we, do, we do a C to a D for no reason. Uh, little things like that. I, I do think of you as a songwriter who likes the transitional parts. Um, I think you're very conscious about uh, how parts move into each other. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we there are at, for for me as like a pop music lover and also like a folk punk kid who only ever played three chords. I'm often a little bit struck by it and frustrated by it, but I, it's something I love about your songwriting is these like transitional pieces or it it catches your ear as a listener because it's not just a b a b c b or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and like that, that's the other thing is that like um, that, that you and Shannon work so well together in like the, the creation process. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, seriously though, like, like what we end up getting to, to take some time to work with is, is it may not always be like 100% flushed out and like you allow us to like, you know, be a part of that creation process. But like, what you bring us is something that is so great to work with. You know, like they, they do an incredible job of, of really providing like this foundation that we get to like, we hardly have to do that much work. Well, that's, a, yeah. <laughs> that's like, the cool thing about being in a band and writing songs with a band is there's like expectation versus reality. That's a meme, right? But it's yeah. also like <laughs> reality is like, so, so like I'll come up with this whole idea for a song and then I'll present it to everyone else. And then, Harrison and I will argue about it, and then <laughs> and then it becomes like something else. I'm thinking about uh, last week. Uh, we had just a little sit down practice to go over a new song. Hopefully, on, on a future EP after the album comes out. Uh, but I showed up and immediately I was like, okay, so this chorus, I don't think it needs any more melody. I just want to double and rephrase your chords. And Chloe was like, oh, I already wrote a second melody. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing too is. Learning how to trust your the, the other musicians that you work with in a band is like you may have your ideas. So say we're all writing a song and we're we're up into the next section and, and it's like Zach wants to do this, Harris wants to do that. It, we all have a different idea. You as a musician, you're like yours, the best. Yours, <laughs> yeah. Duh. It's it's your kid, right? Right. Your kid's so, beautiful. It's you know you're yeah. like oh I like my idea the best. So everyone yeah. talks about it. So you, you argue about it and you, well, you discuss it and try out a couple of things. Um, what I had to teach myself is to trust that person and trust that musician. So we'll come up with, we'll decide on what we want to use for the next part. And I'll, I'll be mad. <laughs> Storm out. But, but I've sort of taught myself to trust the other musicians because they have good ideas too. And 
in three weeks from now, I will not remember what my ideal was. <laughs> and any idea can sound good if you've heard it enough times. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of how um, one of the songs fell into place for us. I mean, there, there, there's a song where we use a, a, a drum technique called like the Purdy Shuffle. And, uh, yes. and we, we literally, um, I, so I, I'm not sure that I mentioned this before. I think I did, but I am the, you know, the, the, the newest member of this group. And this is something that between Zach learning the, uh, the, 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 the technique for it and Chloe had put you know, maybe a couple chords to it. I, I don't know that there was very much three chords. Yeah. And like there, there, there was not very much there. And we, we were able from the ground up to just create i think i might be able to speak for all of it sorry i was just thinking about the fact that i literally said out loud tone is a mood (laughs) (laughs) it's so true though i assure you i've never thought that before until i have stepped foot in this room (laughs) oh my god um but but yeah i i I definitely feel like it's fine like that song is um is is probably one of our our favorites and we all had yeah it's had some some really really great you know um, teamwork on that and and partnership. I think that was like a really um, it was a challenging endeavor, but it was in the end. I think we all really it's it's, it's at least in one of our top threes, maybe. I don't know. That song's cool because that's one of the ones where we outlined first, yeah, before we actually wrote the rest of it. So we said, let's make this kind of like a folk song. Where we have ver, where we just do like verse, verse, Yo, verse, a, B, verse, a, B, verse, a, B, a, B. and we'll do this. So we had like an outline, and then we had to like fill in the blanks of what, yeah, we, we, what the chalk okay. out. And... Yeah, okay. What's a verse? Now we have this outline of what the song's gonna be, song structure. Well, okay, what is a verse? What are the chords there? And stuff like that. Oh, this podcast is gonna be so cool once the album comes out. <laughs> yeah. I just thought about so, that. <laughs> like, two two things, <laughs> Chloe, if you can come in a bit, just because Shannon's blocking you in the camera. Uh-uh. That's okay. Oh no. Uh-oh. That's okay. <laughs> Every, Sorry. Everyone's spilling things today. Not a big deal. I just want to make sure everybody can see everybody. <laughs> yeah, just spill more stuff. <laughs> Two, Sorry. whenever you get your EPK together <laughs> and your bio, make sure you have Marcus look it over because he has some of the most beautiful things to say about your music. So make sure it's in your description. <laughs> I am a big kiss ass. <laughs> yes, Marcus le- actually legitimately just hates this band. I, if I could, I'd burn they, the ideas to the ground. <laughs> Marcus is in it for the money, and we don't have the heart to tell him that it's never going to no happen. Yep. We literally got what are y'all paid telling me? for our show last night with PBR. Which I think is currency. Those it very PBRs. It was wonderful. That is like the best form of socialist currency, right? Like that's- yeah, exactly. yeah. I said yeah. Once the revolution great. happens, yeah. nobody ever pays PBR. me in beer. <laughs> So we got a few things we gotta we gotta get to this Forrest Gump Mile High Club. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, I got do. that pulled up, so don't uh, worry about it's that. Very abrasive. Just and we also had some listener questions come in that oh, were specific yeah. for the band today. So what do we want to do first, Forrest Gump or the listener questions? <laughs> Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say not all Forrest right. Gump, but all right. Fuck all right. No, all right. we love you, listeners and and viewers, but we um, love Forrest Gump more. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, let me Forrest let me, Gump Mile me, High Marathon. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's pull this over real quick here. Uh, so will we be able to see it on the thing? Oh, oh here we go. Up here, yeah. Oh, it's behind us. So, so everyone yeah. turn around. Normal, normally, it's not set up yeah, like see, this. Yeah, see, look at that. Those words. Normally, we are. Normally, it's set up so we can both look at it. But since we have six people today, we kind of have people behind us. So, but that's okay. I don't have to really see it. What's that ice cream one? <laughs> 
ice cream. Lieutenant Dan ice cream. Do we want to go oh, with yeah. the yeah. Lieutenant yeah. Dan Sporks ice cream? Dan I just want to go yeah, with stupid is the stupid does. Sporks four twenty is the one who uploaded, so I think that we are obliged. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's everything is Lieutenant leading towards Dan that ice cream. One. By the way, y'all at Target today there was a watermelon fanny pack. And the only reason I decided to purchase this... Was it an actual watermelon? No. (laughs) But it was on clearance for... Wait for it. 420. No. That thing went straight into the basket. (laughs) Right to the checkout. All right. All right. uh, Here we go. All right. (laughs) The only good thing about being wounded in the buttocks is the ice cream. That gave me all the ice cream I could eat. And guess what? A good friend of mine was in the bed right next door. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love vocal sam- samples. I love this already. The car is on fire. It's just fire. this for two minutes. <laughs> this is pretty sick. I'm sorry, I love metal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. We should send this song to our record producer. <laughs> like, make the, make the, the album sound like this. Oh no! Ooh, I'm I trying to figure guitar. out how I can like incorporate double bass into this band, and like I haven't figured it out yet. But well, we just have to do this. Joke, there is a song with double bass, and you like said you didn't <laughs> oh, yeah. like it, but I love it. Well, the one part is intentional, but the other part is not intentional. Uh, oh, no. It, it is not as bad as the job for a cowboy, though, so we can at least be okay. <laughs> happy about that. I do not endorse this. Wait, does, <laughs> all right. I, I, I warned. Uh, I no, said no. it was abrasive. Does anyone in this band I'm actually skip, like metal? Um, I Zach, love metal. Zach That's does. what I said. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to skip was, ahead a minute, and I'm going to see banging. how much the song has changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, you play that like double. What speed. if it sounds like Enya? <laughs> Let's see. Oh, okay. That's yeah, a dynamic shift. Thirty seconds or fifty six. One tone, one mood. Yeah. <laughs> tone is a mood. And that it is ice cream. <laughs> that mood is ice cream. I'm gonna be this sleeping. I'm trying to fall asleep tonight, and I'm gonna be like. <laughs> this is okay another another genre descriptor for us maybe uh uh imposter syndrome rock yeah, yeah. i think we all got a little bit of the oh i'm pretty cool no i'm not yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> sort of mood i don't deserve on. to be i don't know here. if i relate with that rock. i'm very cool and i know it yeah <laughs> i think you're all very cool I, I think, think I think we're very cool too, that but kind we of, all just did call ourselves cowards. Like, <laughs> no, no, not me and Marcus. Uh, mm, but that's yeah. a not you know, your rhythm section's very confident. Yes, yeah, we already went we over this. Yeah, walked down. Yes, I think that that kind of stuff just like legitimately bums me out when I hear it. Uh, I don't know why. I like my heart's It's so funny because I think like I. I mean, I, I I'm in a metal band. I play metal. I take metal very seriously. And that's yeah. probably, I can't believe I just said that out loud. So I saw two two. a video <laughs> of you earlier. I was like, I had no idea that you were in a metal band. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I was on your Instagram trying to find a picture of you for our Instagram story. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I saw you posted some video of 
your metal band. I was like, yes, that's sick. <laughs> and uh, I think what that I think like most I play in a metal band. We're called Grey Walker. Okay, it's just melodic death metal. Okay, yelly, angry, fast yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's a lot of fun, and you know they're my best friends, and blah 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 blah. What blah. do you play? I just I'm the yeller. Oh, oh okay. Ah! Yeah, nice, nice. I'm I'm the yeller <laughs> slash slash uh, accountant. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it's it's very serious stuff. Uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff, though, our like are serious business. The um, it's just like that. So I take songwriting very seriously, which is why I like talking with you about songwriting and structures and things like that. Like in I, that's very, it, that goes into the metal stuff too. And when I hear like the hokey stuff, it just yeah, like bugs yeah. me. I, mean, I don't know why. It just like rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I, I mean, get it's, it's a joke. It is a joke, but it's yeah. also like I don't know. Uh, it's what, just uh, what easier. I just have to ask this: What's your opinion on Meshuga? Because I love Meshuga. Okay, because a lot of metal fans think it's like formulaic, and I think that. They are a bit of a one-trick pony. They are. And they have the capability to do a lot more than they do, which bums me out. Yeah. But they're that. still a lot of fun. I've seen yeah. them live. It's really Yeah, intense. I just saw them recently. Yeah. So I've just been on this huge kick this year. Yeah. There's Anybody else have any thoughts on Meshuggah? Nope. I saw that. What's that song with the, the bass pattern? Bleed. Bleed. Yes. I saw a video of someone playing that on stomping on chicken. De- like chicken that they got out of a pack instead of like playing a kick oh, they really? would just stomp with their feet like to the bass pattern on two uncooked pieces of chicken breast. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my god. That's pretty funny. So <laughs> <laughs> That's a Meshuggah sample. So that's actually. my opinion on Meshuggah. Okay. Personally that's- I uh, I would consider myself a Meshuggah Ray fan. Um, get out yeah if you want me to leave I understand now I feel a lot better about Um, (laughs) you just reminded me uh, speaking of uh, Sugar Ray and we brought up Disney earlier we're going to Disney in a few weeks and Sugar Ray is playing a free show while we're at Disney I love Sugar Ray I have a a funny story about that (laughs) what'd you say? I didn't know. <laughs> I saw them live at Stage AE. It was like a battle, or not battle, Return of the 90s set. And like Smash Mouth was there. And Sugar Ray was there. And like Gin Blossoms. Like it was like a whole like 90s. Also thing. fucking love the Gin Blossoms. Gin Blossoms I, I don't really know them, but I saw them and they were, they were good. Uh, but when Sugar Ray played, it was like, yeah, they're playing all their songs. And then at one point, the guy just goes, 1999 was the best year ever for us. It's <laughs> like, what? You're going to drop that bomb on us? Oh. <laughs> now I like, like, feel like all guilty now. Yeah. Like, it's all I, like down Buy their new time. albums? Like, yeah. I almost cried. That, that's like, <laughs> the wife left me. I had a very similar thing happen when I went to see Third Eye Blind, where they're just like, <laughs> Y'all are going to love this new album. And then 20 minutes later, they were like, no, I think y'all are really going to like this new album. And then 20 <laughs> minutes later, they were like, please buy the new album. <laughs> and I was like, I'm uh, sorry, dude. We're still just spinning the self-titled. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, well. it's, a, it's a sad situation. Speaking of metal, uh, I saw the past two weeks I've seen Iron Maiden and Slipknot. Oh, wow. nice. And uh, I will give it to them. They are Giving them what the fans want. They're playing a mostly old stuff. They'll sprinkle in a couple new ones. Are we thinking about which one? Both. Oh, both. Both both bands. Very good eclectic lineups of songs. Highlighting their wide discography over the years. Catering the fans of all ages. Yes. There you go. 
So, <laughs> listener questions. <laughs> we had some listener questions come in from some people that you all know. And looking at these, they've pretty much answered all of these questions, except for some from our homie, Toddy Tondera of the Thrifty Podcast. Shout outs to Toddy. That's all you get. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> one clap. For those of you that know the band String Machine, David Beck asked, ask them what their songwriting process is like. We pretty much just talked about that for about 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're welcome. Sorry. Sorry. We pretty much just talk about how we wish we were as good as String Machine. <laughs> and then yeah. we write songs because we're sad. That, their album is crazy good. That was so really good. good. I love them. Yeah, you could tell a lot of work went into that. Oh, a lot yeah. of passion. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't want fun talking with them about that. Which if you haven't listened to it, you can catch them on Start the Beat. A few episodes ago. I don't remember what number it was. It's a good episode. They kept talking about album rollout and now I just oh, can't yeah. get the word rollout out of my head. Yeah, they're very they're very uh they're very business right now. Yeah. You know? Yes. <laughs> they need they need that. Uh and then also Brian Michael Dellinger, I think I'm pronouncing his last name right. I can't know, but he asked Hi, Brian. in their opinion, what do they think they sound like? And we already <laughs> talked about that too. And then yeah. shout out to my old guitarist, Chloe. So Shout outs to you. That's all you get. But back to Toddy. Toddy asked some good, unnecessary oh, yeah. questions we'll that have nothing to do with anything. We're going to lightning round this stuff. Let's do it. See if we could do this. We got 4% left on the battery, seven minutes oh, to yeah. an hour. I'm not worried about the camera. The audio is rolling no matter what. But in case the camera cuts out, sorry. Goodbye. <laughs> but if not, whatever. Lightning round, Toddy Tondera, Thrifty Podcast questions. Toddy asks. Most influential cartoon. SpongeBob. Rugrats. Adventure Time. Ooh. No, you got me at Steven Universe, actually. Home movies. You're all wrong. Yeah. You're all wrong. It's clearly SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> Toddy Tondera asks What were their first vehicles? Ford Taurus. Uh, oh, they said a Ford Taurus. <laughs> Dodge Neon. Chevy Malibu. It was Shout like out to some kind David. of hatchback sob. Yeah. <laughs> Tight. Tony Tondera asks, what would be the amount of money it would take them to swim in Dangerous Shark $49. Easy. Oh! 420 Oh, 69 Sorry. I wouldn't do it. Sharks are some... That's like my one of my biggest fears. I Sharks actually have... I scooped that. So, so is this... Is this before or after money is relevant in the world? Like, are, are, are we going like... Are we How many cans of PBR would you need to swim a shark? <laughs> Enough to make the pain go away. The great PBR wars. Yeah. <laughs> of 2069. I mean, I, I, as long as they're friendly sharks, I'm like... Yeah, I actually have swam with a friendly bucks? shark before. Yeah. It was a nurse shark, so... <laughs> Yeah. He was a good friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he swindled all my money. I mean, I was scuba diving and like a shark came. I was like, oh, it's a shark. And then like swam away. So, you know, I'll nice. take Check I'll take all the money. Sack. I'll take all oh. the money. <laughs> <laughs> Last question. Sorry. Toddy Tondera asks Most embarrassing moment at the grocery store. Ooh. I've never been embarrassed. I, think say, I don't think I've ever been to the grocery store. <laughs> 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 I love um, these noises. I can't think of a, an embarrassing moment that I had, but I can I can definitely say the most embarrassing moment my older sister Caitlin had. Oh, oh my shout God. outs to Caitlin. Right. 
coming through. She was probably like 16 or 17. And our younger sister, Michaela, it was probably, I don't know, maybe 12 or 11, maybe even younger than that. Cause what she said was really fucking dumb. <laughs> Caitlin was checking out and the cashier was like this also like teenage boy. And Caitlin was just making small talk with him. And, and, and Mikey uh, comes up and she goes, Ooh, who you talking to? <laughs> and my sister's like, what? <laughs> like, shut up. And then she goes, do you know him? <laughs> the fucking cashier. <laughs> yep. Nice. Every time I hear stories like that, I always want to like hear the other person involved tell that story. Yeah, I would yeah. love to know like what Mikey was thinking, but she was also 10 and like loved Hannah Montana. Oh no, I'm horses, talking about the cashier. So. I want the cashier yeah. to like yeah. tell that story. I'm sure there's a lot of cashiers that have a lot of great stories. Yeah. I remember when I worked at Taco Bell in high school, just my stories from the drive through window. The people that would come through is people having a good old time. Yep. I used to have Mr. McFeely come through my line. No way. At Petco. Yeah, that, that dude would come in. He has a giant mastiff named Bear and just a good, solid dog. <laughs> Hell Yeah. <laughs> And I never approached them. So, so like, this man came through my line, and then, like, m moments after, like, everyone rushed over to me, and they were like, you know who that was? And I was like, <laughs> bear? <laughs> and, and they were like, no, that was Mr. McFeely. It's like, the Mr. McFeely? <laughs> Wait. And, and, and so, like, then he would come in, and I, I, I missed the opportunity to be, like, like in the, in the beginning to just, like, fanboy for a moment, you know? So then, like, I just, every time he came, I just, you know, I mean, and it's what I would do anyways, but like, you know, he was just another customer, but I never asked him. I was like, what was it like to be with Fred Rogers? <laughs> you know, like, what was it like to bask in the presence of Fred Rogers yeah. for a moment? And like, thank you for doing what you did. Cause like you were an incredible influence on me. So not a cartoon, but Mr. Rogers thumbs up. Hell That's yeah. really embarrassing. I think it's <laughs> humiliating. I'm I embarrassed for you. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't think I was feeling embarrassed with him. Yes, I, I almost spit out my coke. <laughs> so thank you, Coca Cola, for sponsoring this event. <laughs> I think uh, friendly neighborhood Mr. Rogers Rock would also be a pretty good description for us. Yeah. I identify right. strongly with Mr. Rogers. I identify strongly with Daniel Tiger. We yeah. did. Oh. One of, one of my most embarrassing movie experiences is like having to cancel plans after seeing the Mr. Rogers documentary because I was just like crying so hard. I was just like walking out of the Squirrel Hill, the Manor Theater to my car with like eight people like, is that person okay? Just because oh, I no. probably looked like, uh, uh, yeah. So be warned, that movie is emotional terrorism. Nice. The Mr. Good Rogers feel documentary. Feels. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, hey, those are all the listener questions. Shout out to Toddy for those good questions. I'm glad all of you have had reasonably positive experiences in the grocery store. And I'm really happy and excited that you got an album recorded. And I'm stoked to hear it whenever it's ready. Be sure to send me that EPK. <laughs> Whoever, whoever's uh, taking care of that. Well, be sure to send me that sound. Oh, I got you. <laughs> I got you. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. <laughs> Fax that over to me. Uh, and you know what? You know, the, the camera's hanging on for dear life. We're 20 seconds shy so of an we. hour. So I think we're just going to wrap Let's this up. No, it's countdown.
Like as a as a band, we don't got time for that. Yeah, that's bad. Thank okay. you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. One more time, Scratchy Blanket in the house. Make some noise. We're gonna remix this beat. <laughs> that's just for you. It's just for me. It's just for me. I hate it with all of my heart. We have very different comedy tastes. We have never agreed on anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyways. <laughs> Love y'all. Uh, y'all have been a blast. Thank you for coming by. Thank you. Thanks I do seriously us. look forward to hearing that album. Keep me posted on that. But until then, you can follow Scratchy Blanket on Instagram, Facebook. I don't know if y'all have a Twitter, but you know, the internet. Harrison's personal Harrison Twitter. is, is our Twitter. <laughs> okay. There you go. You can find them there and you can find me. Same time, same place, same channel, whenever it is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Start the beat. My name is Sykes, 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. And goodbye, Internet. Bye, Internet. Cool. That was rad. Yeah, that was fun. We did it. No, not at all.